program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of Sengents, Glamour Connection, Van Garrett Media, their respective management, contractors, or employees. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media. Welcome to the Share Your Hotness podcast. Share your hotness. Now, here's your host, Lita Green. Hello, and welcome to Share Your Hotness with your host, Lita Green, and my friend, Brooke Bisner. 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 Yes. Such my good friend, I don't know how to say her last name. But she's Brooke, and... If you could see Brooke right now, one, her profile picture on Zoom had her in a superhero mask, which I'm a little disappointed that I haven't come up with that idea. I just have me looking incredibly good looking. And then now she's got these glasses that are like 1950s, meant the meant 2021, super cool and funky glasses, not 1950s, but thick and rimmed, but cool that are kind of reminiscent of a superhero mask, and it makes me really happy. And you and I originally met at Illuminate, if I remember correctly, which is a women's networking group, right? No? Okay, correct me. It was um, it was that uh, nerd thing. It was... Um, oh, the um, nerd thing. <laughs> yeah, the nerd thing. I mean, this makes perfect sense as we're both wearing glasses. Um, yes, and so we, I spoke there, and... Um, we were fun. So I forgot that when I speak, I tend people like I met someone last night who was like, Oh, I met you when you spoke and they were a little hurt that I didn't remember their face. And I feel kind of bad, but you know, when I'm speaking, I'm so into the message I'm delivering. And then I meet 80 people or hundred or 300 or 500 or whatever. And it's, um, it's a little hard even if somebody came and talked to me to, to keep all that straight. So, but you and I became friends, even, even though we met when my brain was like, what's the message and all that I'm doing. Is that the one where I accidentally walked off the stage? I don't remember. Um, Because the lights were so big at this. I remember I've spoken for her twice and um, I don't like it where I can't see the audience. So I was kind of standing at the edge of where the audience, you know, where I could kind of see the audience still, even despite the spotlight. And I just don't like it when I can't see my audience. And so I'm focusing on the audience and, you know, their reactions, right? Because that's how I can gauge. And I just kind of walked off the side of the stage, but I landed on my feet and a little, a little sloppy curtsy. And I thought that was hilarious. And so, probably the, the, light, the light followed you over and down <laughs> like oh, right oh, it should oh, have oh. been like warning 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 <laughs> you know, like a little red beacon or something don't walk don't off down. the stage i'm sure that the av people you know who are managing the lights and sound have never seen something so ridiculous as that and did not think that though i might go to the edge would actually fall confidently off the stage or, or walk confidently i landed on my feet so technically i didn't fall mm-hmm. right okay perfect yeah, I mean, right. But we, we've become friends and I, I love when people say they don't love social media. I'm like, you're not doing it right. You know, um, just don't get in all the poop and just enjoy your friends and their babies. But you had a big event 
when did this event that we're going to tease the audience with happen? It, ha it happened when I was 45. I'm 60. So it happened when okay, I was 45. Okay. Because I was feeling like a really big jerk that we have been friends and I completely missed that. So, okay. Good news. I'm not a total jerk, but the, the, the hard part about social media and having um, a lot of uh, friends and acquaintances and people on social media is I will miss things that people normally people would see, you know, mm -hmm. like my cousin had something happen and I didn't see it because the algorithms didn't know that we, we needed to see each other's things. So anyway, so without further delay, since I've teased it, they're like, what is this mysterious event that happened at 45, not 60 when Lita was not in Brooke's life. So it's okay. Lita's not a jerk. What was, <laughs> what was this so, event? Right. I was 45. I just turned 45 and we lived on San Juan Island way off of um, Seattle, little tiny Island. And I had three kids, I have, but then they were little. I had a nine-year-old, a five-year-old and a four-year-old, mm. I think. I mean, they're tiny, like this. Let's day. just pause about the physical needs of the kids of these ages. Mm -hmm. Big, big needs, big needs. Yeah, I was on bed rest for seven months, which I'm pretty sure you're about to top it. Um, with the event we're teasing about, we're doing such a good job with that tease, man. Um, that uh, my daughter was four and six, and that oh, was that was a very hard but beautifully defining thing for my kids' resilience and their confidence. So. That's a great way to put it. That's good. Well, my kids were li very little and I was jumping on a trampoline with my older one and I suddenly passed out and uh, I finally woke up. My son had come out and he had this little blanket with him and um, my daughter was on the swing by that and she thought so the whole she's time I four? was four. She was nine. She was nine. So, so the younger one was the four, one of the boys. So was my daughter was nine. My son was five. And the little one who was four was still sleeping. It was now so you were jumping on a trampoline with a five-year-old, nine-year-old, a nine-year-old. Nine okay. So it was your daughter. Right. Okay. So the oldest. Okay. Sorry. And, uh, her name is Emma. And she thought I was kidding. She's like, what are you doing, mom? Come on, mom. Wake up. Wake up. Well, you're wake fun. Up. You're fun. I get right. that. And I never get sick or anything. So but when I passed out, she was like, come on, mom, what's going on? And I finally woke up and I pushed myself up to sitting. And it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done before. And I walked inside and my husband had come back from work and he said, how was your day? And I said, mm. and he said, no, no, really. No. How, how was your day? I'm like, mm. and I couldn't talk, oh. couldn't talk at all. And then uh, he said, look, um, can you answer me? <laughs> well, and that was nice that he made that assumption versus, boy, she's being a commutative. Well, shows you're well, not a passive aggressive wife. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> well, he also realized, okay, this is not normal. So he said, you know, I need to take you to the doctor if you can't talk, talk, you know, talk to me. And so he did. And the doctor said, it looks like you had a stroke. Hey, pause. What are you thinking when you're, the words are coming, you're saying words, but they're not coming out. Are you aware of that or? So I, what was, what happened? It's, I forget it's called, um, well, you can't, I could read, but I couldn't, in my brain, I couldn't um, 
oh, what is your, I don't, I don't know how it works, but you're, when you read, I read, you know, Flavor Factory and I see the words and it's in my brain and then I say it out loud. And this okay. part. <laughs> yeah, she's gesturing over her head. Okay. It wasn't there. So I would read it and I couldn't say it back. You couldn't process it out. Okay. Right. And, and there's a technical term here called bibla bibla. Exactly. Yes. That's okay. the one I couldn't remember. <laughs> right. The bibla Right. And that wasn't the same word. So sorry, that was the Latin to the Vavra. Yeah. Okay, perfect. (laughs) There are people right now who are screaming the answer in their car, you know? (laughs) It's like aphasia or something. It's it's kind of Oh, aphasia. I've heard of that. That, I bet that's the word. Right. Let's go with aphasia. Yeah, let's go with aphasia instead of (laughs) Yeah. So um well, I couldn't do that. I couldn't read. I couldn't talk. Uh, and when I did talk, I would say words that were not related to anything that was going on. Um, and then I couldn't uh, write. And at that point, I was a Pilates instructor. Oh, but isn't, yeah. I mean, are you aware of what's happening? So how are you feeling? Um, I was pretty depressed. <laughs> so I was also in a show. I was acting in a show and it was a week before we were going to perform. I was in um, on Golden Pond and I was Chelsea. Okay, excellent. But she I just did do some uh, strong workout moves there. So yeah. it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. It's a, It was made into a movie, right? Right. With that With, one guy. Uh, Jane Fonda. Yes, we correct. And so she was the Chelsea. So you have to have like a workout person. I don't remember. I don't remember. I know it's older people with was, the younger was, lady. It was a, a very powerful gal in the in the eighties. She had the, the no. I know who Jane Fonda is, but but no, her character. Oh, oh her character because I'm like like these shoulder pads. Real, like, she was like, yeah, this powerful lady who had to come to grips with her dad. Okay, okay, okay. So for again, we have two points of people in the car being like, I can't believe she doesn't remember this. Okay, but I want to back up to you literally cannot write. And yes, no. there's going to be a state of depression, but were you scared? Were you terrified? Were you angry? Scared and terrified are the main same word in English, by the way, of emotion. But yeah. So what happened was I wasn't processing anything. Okay. So okay. I would sit and I, well, first of all, I went to the hospital for four days and they ran me through a bunch of tests and they figured out I have a hole in my heart. Oh, and when I jumped on the trampoline, the hole came open and plaque went through and shut off a part of my brain. Shut of your pants. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, shut your pants. I don't even know where that came from. Um, I know. Yeah. It's good advice to young people everywhere. Um, okay. Wait, so don't jump on a trampoline. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I meant shut your pants. <laughs> just, words just come out. Um, yeah, so you're not having any emotion. That's why it was hard for you to like, I don't know. You're there for four days. At the end of four days, that's how long it took before they figured out you had a stroke. In well, that, Yeah, I, th- I think they figured out pretty soon, but they were they had to run me through. You're 45. Yeah, they're like, why? Yeah. Why is this healthy person who does Pilates, which is really hard and awesome for you. Like the five months I did Pilates, I had a great abs-ish. 
because if I'd done them longer, my abs would have been even better. Um, so you're in great shape. You're young. I know that seems weird to people in their twenties, but 45 is still young. Um, or getting there because 46 was the year I decided I was mature, but that has a lot to do with the cancer's care. <laughs> um, but your husband, he's got these young kids. So who's home with your kids? Who's, because I'm assuming your husband wants to be at your bedside, but he's got, you've got three kids. Right. And my mom, she flew across country to come to the hospital as well. So my mom was there. My husband was there. And did you have babysitters? I had my staff. Yeah. So my husband had a bakery wine shop and he had the, his staff come in to take care of our kids. Oh, my heavens. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And the kids get chocolate pancakes every day. That's... <laughs> Sounds like a dream for them, but let's focus on you right now. Okay. So you, your community, um, I'm assuming he's having to pay his employees to do this. So, and he's not at work. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, you know, if you, Hey, you're taking a shift at my house that, you know, is good of them, but also people have to get paid for their time. You know, um, I know in our times of my, like my husband getting hit by a bus, I had, uh, you know, church family and things like that, they're able to come in. Um, so I joke with people that for no other reason, you should have a church family because they'll come and help you in a crisis for free. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. You know, so yeah, super stressful stuff. They know you have a stroke, but you did not know prior to this that you had a hole in your heart. I did not know. And, I and you're super out. athletic. Yeah. And you know, when I was a kid and I jumped on a trampoline, I'd always feel um, dizzy and I'd stop. And this time I felt dizzy. I'm like, I'm just going to keep on jumping, which was not the right choice. Interesting. <laughs> so is that stopped. like a universal uh, trigger for holes in the heart is messing with your equilibrium like that? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I think anyone who is dizzy on a trampoline should go have an echocardiogram. That is a, uh, an an advice from me, the expert on share your hotness with all of the medical qualifications that endows me with. Is it like where I can marry people? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I've decided it gives me qualifications. Yeah. So another, another exactly. lesson that there's something interesting with your body, ask questions. Yep. Yep. So then I, I finally, and the doctors were pretty sure that they wanted me to go to like a halfway house and live there. And my husband said, no, there's no way she's going to do that. She needs to come home to the kids. And my mom was like, no, no, no. You've got to listen to the doctor. And my husband says, no, <laughs> she's coming home. Even if she you're laying in a kids. bed. Sorry, what? I interrupted you. I got so passionate here. Your husband wants you home. Your mom's like, follow the doctors, which I see your mom's point. But I also, having been on bed rest, I was still able to do a lot, even though I was physically incapable, because little kids need cuddles. Mm-hmm. And I need my kids around me, too. And my husband, yep. he realized that when he picked me up at the airport, that's the only way to get to the hospital there. Take these little, oh, little flights. Right, right. Uh, the kids were happy. I was happy. I had a big smile on my face. And he said, oh, good. We made the right choice. This is what it, she really needed to do. She had to come home. So that was good. So you worked as a Pilates instructor. You were also in a play. Was this like a professional paid play or this community theater? No, it's community. It's a little tiny community. 
Okay. Um, and so did your job, how was your job as a Pilates instructor? Cause I assume you got paid to do that. Well, it was my own studio and we put oh, a sign on even the door. Crazy. She's had a stroke. <laughs> Won't be back for a while. Yeah. Did too much Pilates. <laughs> yeah. Being in too good a shape. No, I'm just, I'm teasing. Yeah. So, that, you know, I had to go through, uh, not physical therapy, but, um, you know, everything Stroke else therapy. therapy. Yeah. Um, yeah. and they, they would make sure I knew what my numbers were and how to like write a check, how to make sure I could drive, making sure I knew how to um, put my Pilates machines together because they would fold up and right. expand. Um, and I realized that I remember all my Pilates um, exercises, but I couldn't remember any of the names of the muscles. So um, I had these things that were com completely clicked off in my brain. So um, that was one of them. Have you ever gotten that back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So what so muscle said, is this right here? What muscle? Oh, okay. Well, that's your forearm and I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's that little one right there. Okay, perfect. I sorry I tested you. <laughs> Here, just name a muscle. Just name a muscle. I don't yeah, think you got it right. Your nose. Oh, anyway. <laughs> so um, they said it would take about two years for my language to come back. So I couldn't read to my kids at night. Mm. And um, during that, during those two years, we decided we we're going to move abroad. <laughs> oh, perfect. So I you're know. selling selling the bakery slash wine shop, which seems like a very sad thing to do. Yeah, well, we weren't pancakes. making any money. Okay, <laughs> so. then it, well, it's because he's paying staff to come over and help you. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not an accountant, but, you know, there was not a good ROI on that. And then the Pilates studio are not making money either because yeah. you can't do the Pilates. Right. So was there a job opportunity that moved you guys to Europe or? No, because we were retired at that point. So he wanted, we wanted to go, um, well, the main, there are a lot of reasons. It was uh, during election year and we decided that uh, we wanted to, uh, to change the cultural background of our kids to see a new world. And in order to get my brain functioning in a new and different way was to live in a completely new and different place. Oh, right, right. A new and different language. So maybe I need to tell my husband that I just need to leave six months of the year abroad and that would make me more sane. No. <laughs> Works every time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Now, don't you live abroad now? We do. We, okay, we we'll live pause here that in... part. We'll pause oh. that part. We'll get to it. Cause we got to go in chronological order here. She's okay. so cute. You're like holding your mouth like, Oh, just this conversation is going to be challenging communication. And this is new and different. Okay. So in the middle of all of this, you said they said you couldn't talk for two years, but you, you got it. Did you get your language back quicker than that? Because of so, yes, I started to okay. get my language back. Um, we moved to Uruguay, which I'll give you guys a moment to um, Google it. It's down by Argentina. And uh, they speak Spanish, but it's South American Spanish, which we really hadn't figured out like what was going on. So we are all of a sudden put in all these new, and this was a year later. Now, what it are you doing like, for work when you go to Uruguay? We're nothing. We're just hanging. We're just- Oh, because you sold our, your businesses. Right. To someone so who didn't have a, a hole in their heart. A year later, we went okay. we to Uruguay. And um, 
I started to get better faster. I mean, I, you know, my progression was pretty good. I, I got better faster than if I had just sat in the same place the whole time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good. Yeah. So, um, your kids are learning Spanish quickly. Are you picking up Spanish? Oh, I'm trying. <laughs> right. But I mean, you're trying to get so, English back. When I, yeah, when I was in school, I learned French and a little bit of Spanish. So every time I would open my mouth to speak Spanish, French would come out. Mm-hmm. And every time I would be in France and speak French, Spanish would come out. But anyway, I knew a little bit of something. I, right, <laughs> like I, right. And my husband was, you know, picking up quick with the Spanish. So it all worked out. And is he still making the pancakes? I think everyone. Uh, the, no, that was the staff that made the pancakes. So he didn't make the pancakes. So no chocolate pancakes. That would have helped me recover faster. <laughs> that, you know? that helped our three-year-old, four-year-old daughter a lot. She was very happy about those chocolate pancakes. Yes. Well, we I may have to make a request this Saturday from um, there you go. my husband. <laughs> I have my children convinced that I don't know how to make breakfast. I think they now know since I make it on holidays. But my husband makes breakfast when we eat breakfast as a family. Because when they were little, I said, I don't know how. Because I'm not a morning person. Okay. So you um, are living in Uruguay. You're, you're progressing quicker than they estimated. Yep. Which I do think that is doctor's job to be a little bit what could be realistic instead of optimistic. Right. Right. Because then, then you get super um, sad. From there, we decided to move to Europe. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. But Europe's more expensive than Uruguay. Well, exactly. And we figured it was much more, it was closer to our family. His parents lived in Ireland at that time. And, you know, my family lived on the East Coast. So it was closer to all Your of Your family's way cooler than a lot of families. Just, we're just, you're just a world family. That is so cool. So, so where in Europe? We lived in Andorra. And I'll let you guys um, Google that. It's it's in um, the Pyrenees between Spain and France. That's what I thought, but I didn't uh-huh. want to be wrong on my own podcast. But I read a book um, about the Inquisition, so that helped. Oh, wow. Good for you. Well, well yeah. it's a really cool place. And it's like living in a funnel because they've got really high mountains everywhere. Um, but I was and I worked at a Pilates studio. Oh, great. At that point. And did and they know could, that you are recovering from a stroke? Uh, no, I didn't tell anyone. I mean, oh, yeah, you know, I didn't. Okay. So if you forget <laughs> a muscle, you're like, whatever. <laughs> you're playing no, it I, I had pretty much gotten um, my memory back with the muscles. and But the last thing was my speech. I still had a hard time remembering what I was going to, like the words coming out, what I was going to say uh, next, like, having a conversation was difficult at some point. So did people just think you had like some kind of speech impediment? If, cause you're not telling people. <laughs> they probably thought I was kind of weird. No, I don't know. I don't know. I you know I would, I would teach in English cause they wanted to learn English. So maybe they thought, you know, all English speakers <laughs> talk like I did. I, I don't, I'm not okay. sure. Can I ask why you didn't tell people? Cause I feel like that would allow people to kind of give you a little bit of flexibility. Slack. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Not many people spoke English. So I wasn't gonna and you're like, Como se dice Spanish. I was like, uh, I, don't even, <laughs> I don't even know what it's called. Yeah, so. I mean, like, you know, my brain is broken, um, is not the same as having said you had a stroke. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because I, I have, um, 
I have, it's not the same, but I have a degenerative hip. And for years I worked to hide it. In fact, when people would say things to me, like, are you limping? I'd be like, no, you know, like, I don't even remember how I tried to play it off now. Cause it's been, uh, you know, 14 years or so since I was, but there were, you know, four years there that I tried to hide that I had this hip problem and, you know, I can't lift things. Um, I can't pick a kid off the ground, you know? So I just have to walk, walk, you know, f- walk behind my son who would army crawl. And once I started like telling people, then people would, you know, swoop in to help me, you know, mm-hmm. pick my kid up, you know, but it, you know, it took some pride swallowing, but I'm going to give you a pass because you didn't have the language of the same language. And I don't know right. the word and, stroke. And physically I was fine. Right. So it was just, you know, speaking, my sentences came out kind of odd sometimes, but they didn't know because they didn't really understand what I was yeah. talking about. So their their sentences came out weird, too, because they weren't right. speaking English. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but what happened was um, I was I ran up the stairs to go teach a Pilates class. Uh, maybe I ran down and I twisted my ankle. So I had to lie on the couch for a few days and keep it iced. And I figured I might as well start reading. And then I figured out how to read again. So oh, my heavens. So we're talking. And I went through all these great books. A year or two. Oh, Twilight. <laughs> hey, oh, my heavens. Okay, wait. So it's been over a year and you haven't been able to partake of reading. Yeah. So you don't have a social media account. Well, you know, this was in like 2008. It was kind of before the whole social media account happened. Yeah, 2009 was kind of when everybody did. But I was on bed rest in 2008 as well. And that's when I figured out I was a nerd because I wasn't reading Twilight. I was reading a book on the economics of the Great Depression. You missed it all. (laughs) Yeah, so um, I I completely missed that part of my... um, I don't know, but I know that there's team Edward and team Jacob. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm for neither because both of them have some big obstacles to be able to be committed. And what's wrong with a guy who's not going to bite your jugular as a wolf or as a vampire? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with going with a nice guy who like, let's say you have a stroke and he's like there for you. What's wrong with that? Yeah, but you know? they did not have the chemistry. <laughs> That's the thing. Uh, chemistry is awesome. And I'm a big fan of chemistry. I mean, I do go, I do go by hotness, but that's not what it means. Um, but respect and serving and commitment make chemistry amazing, right? So anyway, that's, that's my thing about Twilight. But I'm just laughing that you and I are both uh, debilitated in, in the same year. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I spent like three weeks with my ice, my feet up, and I read a whole bunch of books. And I was so glad I did that because then I could reach my kids at night and uh, oh. it was great. So and was, was all the youngest is now like five. Uh, now she's 17. Or, well, yeah, um, but the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Time. yeah. I know I'm confusing. It's like, what is she? Yeah, I'm just, just seeing if I can trip you up, Brooke. Just seeing, <laughs> you know. You're like, man, I got to go rest. Okay. So I've heard that people with strokes, they also get tired really easy. Right. So, and you're uh, doing Pilates, which is very physically demanding. Right. 
Well, not when you're teaching it, though. You can okay. kind of boss everyone around. But um, good the, coping the, skill. Yeah. But you also is, have you also have little people that are in a very physically demanding time of their life. Right. So what the doctor said to me was that from um, three o'clock to five, you've got to take a nap. Okay. Like, okay, I can do that. That was the only thing. Oh, and they said also to take a, a an aspirin every day for your heart. To keep my blood vessels open. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and that was it. That was the only thing they gave me. They said if they go ahead and operate, it doesn't. What did they say? It's not going to work. Or oh, oh. there's there's risk they might kill you to operate. Oh. Oh, so. <laughs> Your husband, was, your husband did not have a stroke. It might fix you, but it might kill you. Yeah, they said you don't want that operation because it might fix you, but it might kill you. Yeah, that's always nice. Having had my husband have um, a heart surgery and my daughter, um, you need to give your husband a big hug because sometimes I wonder if it's better to be the person going through the hard thing than to be the person watching it. It's hard all the way around. I don't want to minimize, but... My husband um, had a heart attack and briefly died and came back to life. And that was harder on me than me being on bed rest. <laughs> yeah. you know? I, and I, you it know, was harder I, I, on him, me being in, on bed rest. Yep. I, you know, I really congratulate my husband because I think that was, would have been, he's like, Woo-hoo. I think that'd yeah. be very hard to be around someone. And I was, you know, pretty much clueless for a while where I would stare out you know, if you ever stare out the window, you usually have thoughts going through your brain. And I, and I said to him, I said, well, don't you? Yeah. So I said, Especially as a woman, we have 25 thoughts. We've got so much thoughts going through our brain, but I right. said to him, there's nothing going through my brain. And he said, don't worry. You're just rebooting. Oh, <laughs> I know. Right. I, what's his name? Pete. Pete, you should marry Pete. We love Pete. <laughs> We're fans of Pete right now. Um, so, um, okay. So I'm going to ask since we're, we're such fans of Pete, you know, a lot of times when these kinds of things happen, people's marriages go to pooper. It sounds like you guys did not have that struggle. Cause you're like, let's move to a foreign country where very few people know us and even speak our language. You know, that's sure. going to put more strain on a relationship to be with each other 24 seven because you're hanging. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> yeah. Pete's like, I'm married to Brooke. She's amazing. You yes, know, yes, uh, did he just say, yes, she is. Okay. If we need to pause for you to go like hug him, that that's totally fine. You know? Yes. So she's blowing kisses. So I love this because um, I'm working on my third book, um, which is about the, the death of our daughter. And one of the points that I'm making is that any relationship issues that you have with your spouse, with your family, your, any of that, having a tragedy you think is going to bring everyone together because it does in the movies. But in reality, it's like throwing an atomic bomb on them. And so now we've learned that your family, your your mother, right? Super supportive. Um, your husband that you guys were working on your relationship. If I can make that assumption, correct me if I'm wrong. And we're in a good place when all this poop happened, which is why we still need to date each other and work on a relationship and have chocolate pancakes frequently. (laughs) I agree. Or chocolate. It definitely, it pulled us even more together. I mean, we were very tight family in the beginning, but it even pulled us 
closer together. And that was fabulous. And those things are a choice. I think so much in stories, you know, like Twilight, you know, I'm just using, I haven't read it as we all discussed, but you know, they just act like there's these magnetic forces that just pull people together and then they can have a conversation with one friend maybe four and everything gets cleared up and what's important is at the end that they you know kiss passionately by a fountain right that all things are going to be solved and you know real life is more gritty than that and it's a choice that we have to make to pull together and so you know round of applause to your family for for doing that and making that determination and to you and Pete and to Pete who was not oblivious looking out the window right right yeah. he was he had to deal with all of that yeah. all of it so um what what questions did the kids have about what's going on because obviously you're you know very communicative today so I'm assuming that before the stroke you were you know vivacious and communicative and so now you're staring out the window what are the kids what questions are they having? You know, it's funny. They're a lot older now and I don't, they don't really have, did we, we might've had a conversation about this a while ago, but I don't remember them asking questions about, I mean, they, they were, they were, oh, they did. And my husband says, yeah, they did. Yeah. I, they were I, there I, during maybe the I should have phrased that. I have a question. They're asking, Dad, they're asking Pete about what was going on because they're not going to ask you because you're staring out the window. I'm out of it. I'm out of it. I know. I was right. Clueless. And I was taking long naps. So it's like, yeah, yeah, but they were probably wondering, like, why is mom taking a five hour nap? What's going on? Right. Right. Like that. When I was forced to come up with an analogy for my kids about my husband's heart, because he was given initially months to live. And then years to live. And then it's a whole other story, but that was 14 years ago. Um, Anyway, I told my kids, you know, that his battery was broken. And my son, who was five at the time, and his sister, who was three at the time, Mm. Nathaniel looks at me and he says, but when my battery stopped working, my toy stops moving. And having to look at my kid and be like, that's correct. Mm. Devastating moment because I couldn't lie to him, but I also didn't want to, had to put it in terms they understood. Yeah. And the sweetest thing happened where my son wouldn't put his arm around his sister. Mm. And it was like at five years old, he was getting it on some level. They need to be protective of his little sister. Mm-hmm. And really, really, really glad that my husband didn't stay dead (laughs) and that you came back because those little ones, um, you know, when you hear about stories where people lose a parent really young and and now when I hear about people who lose a spouse, um, you know, like under, under 75, you know, I mean, it's it's still sad above that, but it's a little bit more anticipated maybe, um, I just, it just hurts your heart because you realize what a life altering thing and really what's the most important is, you know, not our businesses, not what we do, which, you know, the irony is you and I met in a business format, you know, but it's the connections and the relationship we have with those most close to us. And then it emanates out from there as an importance. And yeah, so good for you guys holding it together. Yep, we held it together. Okay, I'm going to amend, not five stars. We're going to do a 10 stars. 
on a scale of one out of five. <laughs> yeah. This is like Yelp reviews, you know? The Mr. Family gets a 10 star review. Okay, okay. So go back to the story. You're now you're living near the Pyrenees in a valley. Um, you're working in a Pilates studio. What is Mr. Pete doing? So oh, he was skiing every day for a hundred. Perfect. Days. Yeah. Well so done, Mr. Pete. I was pretty much back to normal by then. And we were we lived in Andorra for seven years. And then my son decided to get in trouble a lot. Okay, wait. What language they speak in Andorra? They speak Catalan, Spanish, and Catalan, French. Spanish, right. And, and French. And French. Okay. So yeah. then your, hus- your son, who's the middle child. Yeah, who is 11. Okay. Going what on trouble like do you get to in, in uh, yeah, so he's older than 11 at the time. No, now he's 11. Oh, okay, right now, story. He's, right now he's 19, but back then okay. he was he was 11 ish. So I, I mean, I'm assuming his, uh, minor records are sealed, but you brought it up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, he was one of those in a Spanish school, they are expected to have like a two hour lunch and they, they put the tablecloths down, you get forks and knives, and it's just a gorgeous thing in the public school. It's a great thing. But he's the kind of person who gets annoyed if he's got to sit around for a very long time. Yeah. And, you know, he didn't like waiting in line. And so he managed to manage to get the lunch ladies really pissed off. I don't know what he did because they explained it like this. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no, which is fast in Spanish showing off my Spanish. Okay. I know. So impressive. Yeah, And evidently he was calling their names and all sort of stuff. So uh. anyway, um, we realized we've got to get him into a different school, but there were no other schools available. We had a French school, the Spanish school, and that was it. Oh, the Catalan school. We had those three schools. But and they're going to school with um, Spanish, you know, in Spanish speaking. So they're bilingual. Right. So um, what we decided to do is move back to Massachusetts. Because there was a school there that didn't have any classes. It was um, no curriculum at all. And I put. So like I, prime for ADD people to like Montessori school type of thing where you can. Right. But not even Montessori because Montessori, there's uh, some sort of curriculum that they have to. Anyway, there was absolutely. no. Right. So this. There. So um, can I ask what's the point of that? Well, the point <laughs> was because he was. Um, adamant about not doing a lot of stuff we would okay. get a a um a tutor to come and help him with his homework and he would sit for hours like three hours like this okay hands okay crossed. so he's he's a he's a got his own personality determined not gonna do it and you know it right and yeah. he was getting young and he was getting older and stronger by the minute and he was getting more angry and angry at us and at them and the whole world around him. And it thought, oh, my God, this is it can only end in w- worseness. <laughs> and I just realized an obtuse thing I did. I was all being sad about when parents die. And you shared with me that your father died when you were young. So is that interplay between you're afraid what could happen to you happening to your kids 
So those are a lot of emotions. Did I oh, just? Yeah. Okay. And, you know, it's in, my dad died when I was eight, and oh. my daughter was eight when I was jumping on the trampoline and had my stroke. And I thought, I thought, oh my God, I'm reliving the whole thing. My kids, oh my God. And uh, your dad, did you know what he died of? He had melanoma. Oh. oh. At so, 36, he was 36. Not good. So random, but also like could happen, but yeah. so crazy at 36. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of feelings there. A lot of feelings. Okay. I'm amending it 12 stars for the <laughs> visor family, the visitor family. Um, yeah. She's like, how many stars do I get up to on a scale of one to five? And then you can just walk around being like, no big deal, but <laughs> currently standing at 12 stars. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So going back to your son, cause I just, I, I realized I was being obtuse there and I apologize for that. No so, problem. Yeah. But we can always, we can always go back and amend when we realize like, you know, I've had people say to me things like, you just don't understand how, how terrible what we're going through is and like their kids in the hospital. And I'm like, oh, okay, you're right. I don't have exactly, but I might have some empathy here, <laughs> you know, but you know, we forget in our, and cause yeah, we forget people, humans are human, right? When, even without having strokes, we don't always put the pieces together. So thank you for forgiving me on that. Um, okay. So you decided to move to Massachusetts. I was questioning why we didn't want curriculum for a kid's high school. So we did not want curriculum. It was actually, this is called the Sudbury school and it goes from preschool up to 12th grade. And you drop them off and they do whatever they want. They could climb a tree. They can go to the barn and play music. They could watch TV. They can do video games, do whatever they want for eight okay. hours every day. Okay. And if they do want to learn French or Spanish or math, they have to ask a, a teacher there. or They're not called teachers, just an adult there. Hey, can you teach me some math? So it's totally kid-centric. They okay. decide. They also have a judiciary committee of kids. So if someone does something like they throw trash, they have to go stand in front of this judiciary committee and they decide what the discipline is. So Lord of the Rings, but adults are there. Absolutely. I mean, not Lord of the Rings, uh, Lord of the Flies. But Lord of the Flies. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of intense, but um, I think my kids matured so much by going there. So Eli went there and he was so adamant about not moving because he did not want to have to read English at all or write it at all. And okay, we said, well, no. English is a difficult language. We said, we have to, you have to go. You've got to learn to do this. You can do this. And I knew if we put him in a normal school, he would buck the system again because he's really good at that. Right. So I said, the best way we could do is to put him in this school and he's got to figure it out because that's how he does it. He figures everything right, right. out. Yeah. And why, why give kids power to hurt themselves? You're right. Um, right. So, so moving to Massachusetts, uh, we can't ski every day. So what, what are we doing while our kids are in school? Because now I'm starting <laughs> to wonder if like, you guys are independently we well, you don't have to work. <laughs> we were only there for two years. <laughs> okay. So what, what did you do for work while you're in Massachusetts? We did nothing. We, we okay. were, oh, well, no, we didn't do anything. We were just, so are, is this how you're telling me you're a millionaire and I should have been like, I know I, I am so a I should, billionaire. I should be quiet about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, if you ever want a vacation, I'm available. Okay. So yay. I'm so happy. And I'm going to make a statement that you can totally, I have been, um, I have been poor where, you know, the only meal I could really count on was school lunch. And there was some, you know, some mental health things. Now we call it mental health things. Then we call it different things, but you know, um, with, with, um, and health issues and things like that. So, uh, you know, food and things were scarce. And then I have been where I can hire someone to come clean my house. And it's comfortable to do that. Well, I was in a wheelchair and, you know, I'll say money doesn't make things, but it does make a lot of things easier. Mm -hmm. And if money can solve it, then it's not a problem. You know, and a lot of the things that we stress a lot about and we put a lot of focus into is getting money, but yet money is just something that can make certain things easier, but it's not going to make easier a relationship problem. Right. Yep. Yep. You know, it just becomes something people fight about, but millionaires fight about money too. Yep. You know, so a stroke money could not solve this. Nope. And so, you know, okay, 13, we're at 13. No, let's do 14. Let's do 14 stars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right? Because, you know, um, okay, so let's, let's, just, let's just say we're just throwing a random number out there because obviously I don't know. Um, let's just say you have $5 million in the bank. Pete could have been like, um, Pete could have been like, you know, I can put a million dollars in a trust and pass off Brooke to that care facility. It could have, you know, could have done that and gone skiing and hired a nanny and gotten the non-stroke version um, trophy wife. Yeah. You know, had a full physical <laughs> or whatever, you know, money could also make walking away from relationships easier. So yeah. that's yeah. kind of where my brain is, you know, like he could have passed it off and yet he's even more chose to, to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we're at a solid 14 points. 14 stars. Okay. Okay. So you're only in Massachusetts for two years at this school. It sounds like every kid's paradise, but really it kids, natural curiosity is going to kick in and they're going to want to learn things. Well, it was really interesting because thank goodness we found that school because Eli had to learn how to read because he really wanted to play these computer games. And he went up to that computer room and he sat there all the time, like looking over the shoulder to figure out what this guy's doing and how do you read that? And how, so he, that's how, that's the only way we can get him to do it was his own way was figuring that out. And he did. Yeah. And I think Captain Underpants books for having my son read English. So <laughs> you want to talk about underwear? That sounds fantastic. Got a book for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's just here was fascinated with that. And I'm like, looks completely inappropriate. Excellent. This right. is the right kind of weird to get right. a kid to want to read it. Right. So, and my daughter, who's a year younger, she, um, she liked it in the beginning. It was, she was kind of the social one. She knew everyone's name and she kind of knew how it all worked. And she was always in the tree and she's always out skating in the back pond and all that stuff. But towards the end, uh, she says, oh, I'm kind of bored. And we're like, oh boy, okay. So we need to switch gears again. Right, right, right. So my husband's like, let's move out west. Because he was, he used <laughs> go to- Go west, young man, go west. I know. Yeah. Like, Please just get me out of this East Coast thing. So we moved to Bend, Oregon. And we stayed there for five years. And the kids went to public school. 
And uh, the, the transition from one to the other was difficult for Eli because he's used to doing what he wants. And suddenly he was in lockdown practically in middle school. <laughs> and he had a really hard time with that. But once he got into high school and they found that he's really good at track and he became a track captain, then all was good again. <laughs> once he, you can physically tire him out every day, right? Exactly. Okay, yep. so then you're in Bend, Oregon. What year are we at at the end of so these this? Was, this was recently. This was the past five okay. years. Okay, so this is when I come into the story. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I went to that nerd thing in like 2016, seven. Sounds good. Yeah. I think okay. So. 17, like that. Perfect. Okay. And so, and now you live where? So just this past June, we moved to the Netherlands. That's right. That's right. I love this so much. Okay. I, I want to be adopted. I've decided. And I'll give you more stars if you adopt me because I love my home and I love having a home, but I also love to travel. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I want your life because I am, you know, 48. <laughs> um, so, you, you know, I don't have to live at home with my parents anymore. Right. But right. yes, if you if you want to go somewhere else exotic, I'm more than happy to come visit. OK, so um, fascinating. I love. I love that you guys chose to be resilient and to work on your relationships. And I've always known you to be vibrant and joyful. And now to know a little bit more of why you're that way, because I think people, and I know this was the case with me, with me for most of my life, that people not knowing the circumstances of my life, just assume that because I was happy, I hadn't really had challenges yet. Yeah. Right. It's like, and no. Yeah, you're like, no, no, no. And that happiness is a side effect, a byproduct, I think would be the better word of having gone through hard times because it's tied to gratitude mm -hmm. and gratitude is essential for happiness. And um, I have a cane next to my bed that in the morning, and you know, it's just where I can see it. If I ever get out of bed and my hips kind of like, which it kind of does this time of year, it's just getting cold, um, that I can look at that cane and be thankful that I'm not having to reach for it. Yep. And I'm sure as you have this conversation, there was no strokiness that I saw. There's a gratitude that, um, that you could have all the words. Yep. This is true. It's all it's, it's very much so. Okay. So question, what is your fuel? So what, that's something that in your life that lights you up, uh, might be a daily habit or affirmation, whatever that gives you strength, that the fuel that part of your hotness fire. Well, I think, uh, and I, and I need to change this because my kids, <laughs> <laughs> my kids are just a bundle of energy. And now they're, my son is leaving. He's 19. My other daughter's going to go off to college. I'm like, yeah. But another thing is I do this little, um, yoga thing every morning. Now, why do you have to change it? Because your kids are leaving. So is that why you're saying that? Well, they're, they're, there's so much energy there. When they move right. into the room, the room lights up. So right. I just love that. I love that. Yeah. Well, I'm, we can, we can close. wind together when our children, because I, my kids, I love my children so much. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's hard when they're so freaking amazing not to, right? 
Right. Um, okay. So what is your oxygen? This may be something that others may not see, but as a part of everything you've become. Fortitude. Fortitude. <laughs> yes. I think, yes. Uh, it, as you said, you know, I might seem happy, but that is because of all the crap, I, all the stuff I went through. For I, many, think many okay. years. I think okay. crap's okay. I think crap. When my favorite swear word of choice is poopy, I think um, that word has, at least it's not as much as whatever other word I came out about pants. <laughs> yeah, you know? whoops. Yeah, whoa. Watch your language, young lady. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, you know, I, I think there's there's a lot of depth to uh, the happiness that people don't even realize. Yep, yep. It's not as elusive as people think. It's there mingled with a lot of other emotions. Yes. Okay. So what is your heat? It's a unique gift or talent that you give the world. Um, and it may, maybe might the thing you're most proud of. I think it's my positivity and my radiance. Yes. And you have those things, my friend, you have those things in spades. So I love that. I got to know better a story about my friend that I had no idea. So craziness which is just why we have to lean in and have more conversations with people because now I have a deeper appreciation of you and how you're living and again if we meet someone and their words are coming out kind of weird um you know don't make an assumption that they're just not good at your language (laughs) (laughs) there might be something else going on they might have had a stroke and to be aware of our bodies that there's something weird go check it out. Right. Um, my youngest daughter had a hole in her heart as well. And she had other issues that, um, that compounded to being terminal for her. But, um, there's a lot of people with holes in their hearts, very common from what I was told, which is why we were like, you know, each problem she had was minor by itself, Uh, but the compounding effect of several different issues was, was poopy. So, um, My friend, Brooke, thank you so much for being on this episode of Share Your Hotness. And uh, is there any parting wisdom you want to share with with, uh, my audience? Um, No, (laughs) but thank you so much for listening. And I really enjoyed being here with you. I haven't chatted with you like forever. I know, right? But I think we do need to end it with 15 stars. 15. 15. We've we've finished up at 15 stars and I believe you're the first podcast gap that I've given stars to so it's (laughs) it's even it might be a thing now I don't know we'll have to we'll have to see right or maybe just keep it unique so that so that you know you'll be like well no big deal but I got a 15 star review so (laughs) at five out of five 15 out of five okay thank you my friend The Share Your Hotness podcast is produced by Van Garrett Media. Lita Green is the host and creator of the podcast. Chris Van Garrett is the editor, producer, and music director. Shayla Dawn is our research coordinator. Join us next week for another episode of the Share Your Hotness podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media.